Aloha. Welcome to the Mr. G podcast. This is episode number 50. We're going to be talking about a very serious subject today. The day time I went 64 days without pooping. It is a lovely 79 degrees here on the outskirts of Chinatown in Honolulu, Hawaii, the largest city in the Pacific. It is July 10th, 2023. And like I said, this is episode 50. I've made those 50 episodes in less than two months. Each episode, you know, probably averages about 30 minutes per episode. So when you add them all together, 50 episodes at 30 minutes per episodes is 25 hours worth of the Mr. G podcast. And the Mr. G podcast, it's available wherever you hear podcasts, Amazon podcasts, Apple podcasts, Audacity podcasts. Just search Gregory Brandt, Mr. G Hawaii podcasts. And if you still can't find it, full episodes are uploaded onto Twitter, YouTube, and Spotify in their entirety. So today, we're going to talk a little bit about Wimby's awesome bounce-back game uh, in the NBA Summer League. His first game uh, didn't go so well. Uh, a lot of people already called him a bust. And then he bounced back one or two days later uh, with 27 points and a monster highlight reel. Uh, one particular play I saw, he tipped the ball to himself on an offensive rebound and then slammed it back home. Uh, he's able to dribble the ball up the court. Uh, the Spurs lost that second game that he played really well. He had 27 points, but uh, he had the last shot. It was a close game, and he dribbled the ball down and took a three-pointer at the end. Not many players his size can do that, and he's fun to watch. He's going to make basketball fun to watch. He's, uh, in my opinion, going to be the uh, God, uh, God willing. He'll be the number one basketball player of all time. And uh, somebody like myself, who's been watching basketball for 35 years, I uh, can say that it was kind of like when Shaquille O'Neal came into the NBA and he was just fun to watch how large and dominant he was. And uh, Wimby, I wouldn't say dominant, but uh, he can shoot like Kevin Durant. He can dribble like a point guard and uh, he's seven foot three, seven foot four, maybe taller. And so it's it's fun to watch. He can do things. He can he has an eight foot vertical. He can get higher up to the basket than any other player I've seen. Uh, he can always get a shot off a three pointer. And it's 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 fun to watch. He's going to change the game. He in my opinion, even people that know basketball say I'm crazy. But I think he might be the first rookie player to win MVP. Uh, no rookie in the NBA has ever won MVP. And I think Wimby uh, might just do it. He's that talented. Uh, you know, when anybody's like in their home or in their office and you take a shot and you just throw the, you know, crumpled up piece of paper into the wastebasket or, you know, you're outside and you throw something in the trash can. And, you know, some people say swoosh or some people say Jordan. Well, now in the future for the next 20 years, people are going to say Wimby, like they're going to take a shot like and that just happened automatically yesterday. I was just like cleaning up, crumpled a piece of paper, throw it in the basket. And I just said, Wimby. And it just came so natural. I'm like, yeah, that's going to happen. People are going to start saying Wimby. He's going to be that most. He's going to be the number one sports figure in the world. And I'm so grateful that he's playing for my team, my hometown team, the only real team I've cheered for my whole life, the San Antonio Spurs. I, I mentioned them in my first book. I mentioned their first championship. Um, I have connections somewhat to the team and, uh, 
I uh, am, am so grateful to have such a, a good, not just a great player, but also somebody with such high character, such a great personality. He's going to be a great spokesperson. Uh, he's going to be the top like athlete celebrity, and he's going to take over LeBron James's throne, so to speak, pun intended. But uh, yeah, um, I've been doing this podcast 50 episodes now, and it hasn't been easy. It's easy for me talking. It's easy that I don't have to write out a script. I don't have to have guests every day. I can just do this. But I literally have people outside my apartment that don't know how to act with my windows and doors shut out there like crushing cans or yelling or having their little dog barking. When I first started doing it, there was a psycho kid on the second floor. He's not even allowed to live here, but he just comes here every single day. And his dog is just barking like crazy right now. They're doing anything and everything they can. I'm a complete stranger. I'll never initiate conversation with them. This is how off their fucking gourd they are. The other people that go to work here, but these two people, like the kid that doesn't even supposed to live here, comes here every single day when his parents go to work. And then this crazy fucking woman on the first floor, one of the nastiest people I've ever seen, has three stole a collection of stolen shopping carts down there. One shopping cart she uses just to transport groceries from her car to her first bedroom floor apartment. It's sad. And uh, she has five people living in a one bed. She stands outside sneezing, singing outside my window. The most horrible woman you could ever deal by. And the only reason I'm bringing her up right now is because she's standing outside my fucking window when all my windows and doors are shut. And the only reason I'm bringing up that kid is because he's a fucking pathetic piece of shit. Where did he learn his horrible manners and communication skills? His fucking horrible father. The things that I've heard that kid say or his dad say, some of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard in my life. He's not even allowed to live here. He brings his little dog. Every single apartment here can hear that dog barking, even if their windows and doors are shut. That's how inconsiderate he is. That's how pathetic he is. And he gets it from his nasty-ass fucking parents. Plain and simple. They can't even function in society in a, in a, in a one-bedroom apartment. Yeah, this isn't the best neighborhood, but you don't have to be such a horrible fucking person. You know, where did you learn that behavior, bro? You know, you're not even like allowed to legally be in this country, probably, you know, and you you act like that. Just fucking come here every day, harass the fucking neighbors, force everybody here to hear your fucking dog barking. Like what a he's I guess he's homeless and sleeps in his car and just comes here every day. And that would be fine if he had any fucking humility, but he's the biggest piece of shit ever. He he was commenting, making fun of my cross, my shoes, just saying the most horrible things. Some of the most horrible things I've ever heard anybody said. A 20-year-old kid. I'm like, what the fuck? I don't know you, kid. I just live in your parents' one building of your their one-bedroom apartment that you're not even allowed to live to that. And you come to every fucking day because he obsesses over me. You listening now, kid? You're a piece of shit. You belong in a fucking jail cell if you can't function in society, if you can't function without leaving people alone. You belong in zero tolerance boot camp. Maybe that would have showed that kid some respect, but he wouldn't have been able to get through zero tolerance boot camp. They would have beat his ass and he would have been crying back to his fucking jail cell. But I went through 64 days of zero tolerance boot camp in uh, Poteet, Texas, 
uh, just south of San Antonio. It's known for its strawberry festival. But let me tell you, there was nothing strawberry about the zero tolerance boot camp. All right. It was just peaches and cream, baby. Uh, no, but zero tolerance boot camp is when there was a misunderstanding when I was a teenager. I was 17 years old. And uh, when I turned 18, uh, I made a whole vi video series on it on YouTube. It's called My Four Months in Jail, if you want to know more. But when I was 18 in early 1998, before that piece of shit kid was even born, uh, I was sent to this adult zero tolerance boot camp. And I spent 64 days there. Four days was in solitary confinement. But it was a very corrupt little place in Poteet, Texas, that eventually got shut down uh, because of widespread corruption. But uh, the last podcast, I told a funny joke. It may have been the one before that. But I told an amusing joke about how uh, I was in the showers. And it wasn't an amusing joke at the time, but looking back 20 years later, uh, it was an embarrassing joke, but it was funny looking back uh, at it, at the situation. And uh, another thing that I'll share today that I haven't spoken about is uh, in Zero Tolerance Boot Camp, every morning they give us two minutes to shit, shower, and shave, right? And there was 50 other boots there. Each person was a boot. We didn't have a first name. Everybody's first name was Boot. So I was Boot Brand. And uh, they gave each buddy, uh, buddy nicknames too. And so I was boot lockdown as well, because I was the only one that was in solitary confinement for four days. But during the 64 days, they, like I said, they give you two minutes every morning to shit, shower and shave, basically. Sometimes they'll give you a couple more minutes, like two minutes for each one, I guess. So you have two minutes to shit. And there's like, like 25 toilets. And so like they go in two shift, you know, first 25 guys, second 25 guys. And you got to be able to shit on command and in two minutes and they give you like just a few sheets of paper to toilet paper and so everybody there like was having constipation problems including myself and i remember the drill sergeant one day he asked everybody who here is constipated then like three-fourths of all the people the the criminals there raised their hand the inmates there raised their hand and i remember one guy this mexican dude he would like grab his ankles and like and, and then other people tried doing that too because it was just hard and like Sometimes if you took so long, this like hardcore drill sergeant, this like skinny, like uh, dark guy, Filipino guy, I think uh, uh, with glasses that just had like an accent. He'd like, yo, cut it short. You better he'd get in your face like as you were trying to shit. be like, you better cut it short. Cut that short, you know, and then like, you know, guys getting up with like poop half falling out of their ass and shit. And so during that 64 days, I maybe had a couple pencil shavings but there wasn't much that i had shitted and other dudes were like that as well it's one dude like went to the hospital and shit and i just like kept my mouth closed and hoped that i would make a bowel movement at some point and there was at one point uh some of the boots like during my midway point there we got to go on like a field trip to the freeman coliseum and uh, while we're in the freeman coliseum we used like regular bathrooms and we got to you know shit for as long as we wanted and so I, I did think I, I made a shit. So maybe one shit in 64 days. And during that time, my body had lots of different changes, like because I was doing so much exercise and more than I've ever done in my life. And so I was gaining muscle mass and but my and they would weigh us every week. But my weight would fluctuate weight so bad. And uh, at one point I had gained like 20, 30 pounds, but I knew it was because of this 
literal rock that was in my stomach from 64 days worth of tons of food and exercise. And so when I'm finally released from the boot camp, I go, uh, I, I don't even have a, a home, but I go to my mom's house. Like, unlike that kid on the second floor going to his parents' one bedroom apartment. When I got out of boot camp, I went to my mom's house, which I was kind of embarrassed about. I wanted to, you know, have my own place, or whatever. But it was a, a decent, comfortable house. And uh, they were the only two people that lived there and were at work all the time. So I was finally able to relax and drink a little coffee. And when I did finally have a bowel movement after those 64 days in my mom's bathroom, the it was so heavy. It was so much of a rock that it basically literally broke the toilet and just like came out. And it was the most painful thing, the most painful rock to shit out. And it just, I just had to get it out, had to get it out. And I just felt so relieved after it came out. But when it came out, it broke the toilet. It was just so heavy. And my mom was like, how did you boys break the toilet? And I tried to explain to her. I'm like, she's like, what were you flushing down there? And I was like, no, it was from like months of buildup of poop, you know? And because I was 18, my body was able to handle it. But still, like just today, I think I'm dealing with the repercussions, whereas like, I uh like just today I, I I like pissed like a gallon of water and like a lot of times I'll wake up just about a lot every day with a huge heart on like morning wood but it, it's just not like teenager morning wood it lasts for like 30 minutes so I'm like up making coffee up walking around like come on you know and like it's it's sometimes you know uh you know with female partners they like the issue of my uh, long-term erections but <laughs> Uh, otherwise it's inconvenience for me uh so and i know that all has something to do with it with the prostate and the kidneys and the uh, bladder and everything but yeah 64 days uh without pooping and then finally when it came out like a rock like breaks the toilet uh so <laughs> the lesson learned here is that you can go 64 days without pooping but when you do poop but i you would not recommend it uh, and if you wanted to survive it, you would probably have to be a very young, healthy, fit male. And uh, when it does come out, it's going to come out as a rock and probably break the toilet that you're using. So with that being said, uh, like I said, during this podcast, it's easy for me to talk. It's easy for me to do this every day. The hard part is if for anybody, it would be almost difficult right now. The fucking psycho kid on the second floor has his dog just barking like crazy and he's just probably walking in front of the cameras just like mm. and then the, the the out of these 15 buildings here there's 15 units here and there's only two fucking there's a psycho lady right now standing outside screaming so even if your windows and doors are shut you have to hear that lady because she doesn't understand that you should not stand outside screaming at that volume that kid doesn't understand that you should not force everybody here to hear your little doggy all my windows and doors are shut i'm allowed to talk to speak have a conversation in my apartment i'm sorry that you can barely speak english guys and don't know follow along but I'm allowed to do that. The lady literally standing outside my apartment, yelling into my apartment. Kid, literally the dog, every single unit here can hear the dog. And there's 15 units here. There are only two people here. That kid's not even supposed to live here. That dog's not even supposed to be here. I've called the Humane Society and them. They've sent him written complaints. They've had investigators come out and listen to that dog barking like crazy. 
that lady has been told repeatedly, stop yelling at Mr. G's apartment. Leave him alone. Stop watching his videos. Leave that guy alone, lady. You have three fucking young kids. The one is hitting puberty and yelling shit up here. You want to fight? You want to fight? I'm like, you're 12, kid. What are you doing? Like, aren't you embarrassed of your mom? I'm embarrassed for them. Like, it's like they have pride, but no, uh, um, what's the word? But no uh, dignity. Like, show some dignity. That lady has no dignity. She's standing outside. She has nothing, no problem pushing shopping carts from her car to her apartment. I've been in hundreds of apartments, thousands of apartments in my life. I was a door-to-door -door salesman from the age of 14 to 18, and we did lots of apartments. I've had five different newspaper routes in my life. Some of them were apartments. I've been to uh, hundreds of apartments, if not a thousand different apartments in my life. Poor apartments, rich apartments, middle-class apartments, and all the apartments I've ever been to in the entire United States, I've never seen anybody collect shopping carts and use them to push groceries from your car to your house, <laughs> especially if you live on the first floor. Like, like that's no dignity. That's like, hey, that looks so bad. Those shopping carts, those are stolen from the Costco up there. I've never seen anybody use shopping carts unless they were homeless. Lady, you're pushing shopping carts. That looks really bad. There's there's collections of cans. There's dozens of bags of cans around here for people collecting aluminum cans, having them in the shopping carts. That's the number one way to draw bugs. I've lived on farms and they wouldn't have cans on the farms because they would draw so many bugs. And they have the cans just sitting in parking lot, like hundreds of cans. That's like their number one business. When it comes to the end of the month, you hear cans crushing cans. This, everybody here except me is obsessed with cans. The neighbors here literally rip open my trash to get to my cans because I don't fucking recycle. I don't keep the cans. I just throw all the trash together. They're literally ripping open my bags of trash to get to the cans. That's like their main source of income, apparently, is aluminum cans recycling. But the thing is, that's fine. But just keep it to yourself. Don't rip open my trash. Don't keep stolen shopping carts full of aluminum cans because that's attracting so many bugs hawaii is known for its bugs to begin with and that bitch that entitled ugly fucking woman on the first floor has the audacity to sneeze about my cats bitch my apartment is cleaner than your apartment ever will be that fucking punk kid piece of shit kid on the second floor has the audacity to talk shit to me kid you're not half the man i am you're not a tenth the man i am neither are you and your dad put together you're not even an inch of the man kid show yourself when you're my age when you're 43 when you're 44 huh you're gonna be a bigger fucking loser than your father and you want to compare me to your age at your age i had already had sex with beautiful women i had my own apartment at 16 17 you go to your mommy and daddy's one bedroom you've never had your own room kid you fucking suck in life i was about to start at the university of texas journalism school at your age you can barely read. You can barely speak. You can barely communicate. The smartest person that you've ever known, the only first college graduate that you've ever known, you talked a bunch of shit to, huh? Where are you going in life? Looks like a jail cell or a mental hospital. Oh, burn! I win every single way you look at it. This is a, a one bed bedroom, one building, five, 15 units, one, build, one bedroom apartments in the United States. I win every single time. The only people that should be living in each one is single professionals or couples, maybe with one or one kid, two at the most. 
you, 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 it's not multi-generational living. It's not interaction. It's not communal living. It's not a co-op. I don't come with the lease. When that lady and her family moved down there, the kid, that her little kid's going, I want to see him. I want to see him. When every, like, when, I'm like, uh, when they're moving in, I'm like, uh, what, you've heard about me? I'm not here for your fucking amusement. I'm not the court jester, motherfucker. And the fact that they can't even leave me alone, I wouldn't even notice that kid on the second floor. If four years ago, four and a half years ago, he didn't just start staring at me, just, just standing out there. If somebody looks at you for more than 70% of the time, it means they either want to have sex with you or want to kill you. So which is it, kid, huh? You know, I just like kept on noticing like, mm. I'm like, oh, I guess he doesn't like me for some reason. <laughs> Maybe I should introduce myself. It's like normal for me. It's just like, that's what I'm saying. I win every time. These are one bedroom apartments in the United States. What do you, what are you doing? You have five, six people living there. You think that's normal Four people? That's not normal. That's actually against federal regulations. Yeah. You can't have four adults in a one bedroom apartment. Who does that? There are the you know stereotypes about illegal immigrants that do that. But I lived in South Texas and I didn't notice. I lived with illegal or I lived with migrants in South Texas and um, they kept to themselves. They didn't bother me at all. They I didn't notice how many people lived there because they weren't like standing in front of my security cameras. They weren't like talking shit. They weren't like outside singing outside my window. So I didn't even notice. I'm just doing my own thing, you know, and just like here. Uh, basically all day i keep my windows and shut it's just like take a hint like i i know you're new here but it's the you know you know culture clash it's just like hey guys you're in the united states these are just one bedroom apartments like you're, there's no way you're gonna like change the culture here you know it is what it is like you guys don't understand that's plain and simple uh, you're welcome for me being the, such a great teacher here so, yeah, in the United States, we don't like talk to our neighbors. We don't like if you're walking outside to go to, go to work or, or to go to the store, you shouldn't like have neighbors be like, hey, where are you going? You know, like, what? Where are you going? Like, uh, who do you live here? Like, what the fuck? So, so yeah, if you guys, and, and, and the thing is, I didn't, in 50 episodes of this, I didn't bring up my neighbors at all. But if they're going to stand outside, then guess what? You, you want to interact so bad then I'm going to bring you up and you're going to look stupid. All right. There's no going around it. You're going to look bad. All right. And there's nothing you can do about it either. You know, cause you guys can hate me all you fucking want, but you're not moving up in the world at your fast food job. And Hey, I've had shitty jobs too, that I had to go to. And today, Monday morning's a great example. I heard like little arguments, little domestic arguments between people going on their way to work and everything. Oh, well, guess what? I don't have to do that. I did before, but I don't anymore. And the thing is, the worst thing about going to a nine to five like that, selling your time like that, eight, nine, 10 hours, for me at least, I would always feel like I wasted the day, even though I spent 10 hours working or whatever. But I wasted the day because I knew I could be doing something more creative. I knew I could be using the gifts that God gave me uh, to make a better impression on this world. And that's what I'm doing now. That's what I'm doing with these podcasts. That's what I'm doing with the daily essays. And that's what I'm doing with the videos that I make every day. And I'm not wasting my life and wasting my day going to some shitty job. And as far as growth goes, and as far as moving up the ladder in this world, Every day I get new followers. Every day I get new listeners. Every day I get new viewers. 
every week I get hundreds of dollars in donations. I'm moving up in the world every single day that I do this, every single day that I'm alive. The people going to the nine to fives at the fast food job, the people talking mad shit, the kid on the second floor obsessing over me, his not, life isn't going better. He's not moving up the totem pole. Any energy that they put and that they obsess on over me, that's only going to make their life worse. Inevitably, it's 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 a fact. If they if you dedicate your time, because everybody has a limited amount of time in the day, an infinite amount of time in the day, and if you dedicate that time to hate watching somebody on YouTube or or thinking bad things happen to somebody else, if you're wasting your time doing negative things like that, you're only going to get negative results. So I don't normally do this, but when they're like literally outside trying to distract me trying to prevent me from doing my own thing like yeah i'll fucking call you out i don't have to interact with you i don't have to talk to you i don't fucking know you but if you're gonna stand outside my apartment then i'm gonna fucking call you out and guess what the lady shut the fuck up the kid's dog shut the fuck up and guess what if i go out there i don't have to talk to you i don't know you this isn't a commune this isn't communal living plain and fucking simple everybody has a limited time of the day and you want to use that time wisely. The thing is, matter is infinite. Time is infinite, possibly. We don't know. The universe we're thinking is not, is is in is is in no, excuse me. Matter is not infinite, but the universe is infinite. The universe could go on for infinity forever. Forever. My favorite word in Spanish is para siempre, forever. And uh, it, it translates exactly to uh, for always. Para means for and siempre means always. But when you say forever in Spanish, it's para siempre. And um, the universe might be para siempre forever, but matter is definitely not forever. Matter can only uh, exist in a certain amount of forms, right? So, I've, I learned from an astrophysicist, I think it, Brian Green taught me this, but uh, if the universe does go forever, pero siempre, and if matter is does not go forever, then that means that every single possible outcome that we're all made of matter, and this coffee cup is made of matter, and this computer is made of matter, but if the universe goes on forever, then every single possible outcome of matter it can happen already. So if it continues on and we can't even grasp how large the universe is, just the universe that we can see, if you took every single piece, grain of sand on this planet, that would equal like 2 million galaxies. And each galaxy has a million stars and each star has like a dozen planets. So we can't even grasp that. And that's just a slice of the universe that we can see. So they're guessing that that's only maybe 2% of the visible universe. And if the universe does go on forever, then matter, it has a limited amounts of forms it could take. And all the matter that was ever created was created at the second of the big bang. And it just changes forms. And so matter has a limited amount of forms it can take. So that means that somewhere out there in a galaxy far, far away, there is you doing the exact same thing that you're doing right now. And that's, that's incredible. There's somebody out there right now, or maybe, you know, there's so much, it's infinite. There's so much space out there 
there could be somebody out there just like me doing the exact same thing, except I'm Asian or black, or maybe just a small difference. Like uh, instead of wearing a yellow vest, I'm wearing a red vest. And if that's the case, then the universe is infinite. That's that's crazy to grasp your mind of, of, around that. Uh, that you know, there's somebody else out there doing the exact same thing as me, or there's somebody else out there doing the exact same thing with me, except there's just a slight difference. And uh, it's it's pretty incredible, and uh, makes you believe in God or a higher power or something out there. Uh, when you look at the miracle, we're all on a rock going a million miles per hour around a star in the boondocks corner of the Milky Way. Uh, it's a miracle in itself that out of trillions of your father's sperm, they found your mother's egg. And all of the people that could have existed have not existed and will never exist. But it's a miracle that me and you both exist. Uh, so we might as well uh, appreciate that and all be nicer to each other. So I need to be nicer to my neighbors unlike I was earlier in the podcast, I'm reminding myself here now and we be nicer to everybody and each other and realize that it's a gift that we're here. And uh, yeah, I do get upset, you know, especially, you know, when they're intentionally trying to disturb me during the podcast, they weren't making any noise before that, uh, but they were during the podcast, but uh, let bygones be bygones wrapping things up here. Episode 50. It's one for the ages. Mr. G, Mr. Effing fucking G. You ain't going to get anybody incredible like me. I'm going to be Mr. Rap star. You see, Mr. Fucking G. I hope everybody has a wonderful day uh, for me and my street cats. We bid you aloha. And just a reminder, nobody's ever had a 100-point game since Will Chamberlain that said that record is never going to be broken. Well, I'm calling it right now. Wimby's going to break that record, and he's also going to be the very first rookie to win MVP. Uh, once again, remember, guys, matter is not infinite, but the universe is. Aloha.